A serene morning in the woods outside of Dragon Cove is ruined by the sounds of battle. Where usually animals quietly move about, five multicolored warriors spar. Jay uses their shield to block a smashing strike from Benny's flaming warhammer. <laughs> These weapons are amazing! What is this thing called again? Weapon designation flame hammer. <sighs> Benny, we've been over this. We had Gaia tell us the names of weapons before we started. Please don't use advanced alien technology like a speak and say. I know, I know. Hanuel flings his two ring-like chakrams towards Scarlet, who uses her electrified lance to deflect them. Not gonna lie, I was a little disappointed by these wind chakrams when I first saw them. But now that Gaia has told me I can do this... Hanuel strikes a dramatic pose with his open left hand stretched out in front of him, and his right hand opens off to the side of his head. His gauntleted hands glow a vivid pink for a moment before the chakrams fly back into his hands. <sighs> Aren't you at all curious about how that works? I did ask Jay, and I only understood about half of what they said, so I'm just going to focus on the fact that it works. How's that electricity lance working out? Well, if I get beyond the fact that I'm wielding a piece of unbelievably advanced alien technology that for some unknown reason resembles medieval earth weapons, I'm doing great. Not only is my lance super versatile, but it also has this awesome teaser option. The Black Guardian spins her pulsating lance completely around her armored body before striking the ground. Sparks fly, and a large burn mark is left on a small boulder. You know, I have a theory about the weapons and even the names we have. You ever read Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? Uh, I'm insulted you even have to ask me that. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Remember the babblefish? Oh, that makes sense. The tech is presenting everything to us so we understand it. Yes, and that leads to a scary thought. Oh, my favorite kind. Goody. We have no idea how sentient this tech is. What if it's just studying us? The Blue Guardian stands off to a far side of the clearing, isolated from her teammates. Whereas the others are experimenting with their weapons... Gwen is struggling to get hers to maintain its form. It shouldn't be this hard to manifest a water sword! Oh, 
Not again! The flowing blue blade ripples and melts back into the bracelet where it had just sprung from. You're gonna have to let go of all that tension. Just free your mind. And as counterintuitive as this sounds, have fun with it. I think serotonin might improve our connection to the tech. It, it's just a working theory, but I can show you the data I've collected. Just relax and have fun. That's your great advice? Don't you think I wish I could be more like Penny? Just embrace the amazing situation we find ourselves in and go with it. I want to be more like Hanuel and just believe that it's going to work out. But I don't get to be that person. I have to be the person who keeps their eye on the prize. I have to be able to see how everything will go wrong so I'm prepared to make it right. One of us has to be able to step back and look at the big picture. That's who I am. That's who I have to be. And it's just so tiring being me. I hate to be so glib. But how do you know of this technology? I pieced together your memories from your broken original body, and I don't recall anything about quantum radiation. I had to override your damnable security protocols, Errold. It allowed me a glimpse of the memories you have been keeping from me. I demand you remove these parameters and allow my memories to be restored. It's not as simple as flipping a switch. Every time you access these corrupted memories, you're running the risk of degenerating everything that makes you you. There can be irreparable damage done to your faculties if we are not careful. How exactly did my brother build a contraption he cannot maintain? I thought your intellect knew no bounds. Let me put it in terms that you can comprehend, my darling sister. Harbinger was a broken sword when we found him. I built a new hilt and sharpened the blade. But I have no way of repairing or rebuilding the blade if it breaks. There are only so many times that I can sharpen this blade until it finally becomes too brittle to use. Each of these attempts to access corrupted memories whittles down the blade. These are my memories to reclaim and my life to risk. I demand access to them. Your life? Are you forgetting your current form is the property of Tirkmir? You have as much autonomy as Hera's club. Metal fingers wrap around the throat of the Velociraptor scientist. Harbinger pulls Erailed close to his glowing face. Were you under the impression I was asking your permission? Harbinger begins to lift the smaller scientist off the ground, but is stopped by a large, scaly hand wrapping around their metal wrist. Choose your next words carefully. Tyrick may hold you in high regard, but nothing attacks my kin and survives. Is that one of Overlord's devout soldiers raising their hand against his most trusted general? 
My obligation to Tyrik will never supersede my devotion to my clan, and especially my dearest little brother, no matter how much of a nuisance he may be. I always knew you treasured me, my dear <coughs> sister. It is becoming clear why you were sent on this mission. I thought it was just to keep Errol safe, but now I understand. And what exactly does that mean? Have you not wondered why the second-in-command of the Dark Empire was sent on such a basic reconnaissance mission? This is what happens when you question the Emperor. You question Tyrik Mir? Correct me if I am mistaken, but wasn't Morgana banished to the Forgotten Lands because she did the same? She was. I offered a different path than the one Tyrik seems set on taking, and they responded by sending me on this fool's errand. Erald was sent to study the technology that was tapping into geothermal energies that our kingdom runs on. But you are being punished as well. Punished? I have been nothing but loyal to Tyrik. Do you think Tyrik is a fool? He knows of your tenets and knows that the time is coming when his orders will not align with your creed. Are you insinuating that our Dark Lord has sent his two greatest warriors away for the crime as petty as slight difference of opinion? It does make tactical sense. Were you privy to what was to be our next conquest? We were to take over the lands of the Neveyek. The Rock Farmers? Technically, they're a nomadic tribe of ore farmers that follow the eruption pattern of volcanoes that frame their valley. Regardless, they pose no threat. Why would we attack them? Tyrix boredom? They simply exist? Choose your reason, but as we speak, the entirety of Dark Empire's forces is probably eliminating the last of the Neviac. The Dishonor! Sister, I believe this may be my doing. Tyrik inquired how to improve our soldiers' performance, and I postulated that there may be unrefined crimson tordium that the Niviak hadn't mined yet due to technological shortcomings. Unless you propose the wanton slaughter of these people, there is no dishonor on you. You performed the task asked by the Emperor. It is not your responsibility how he uses your talent. I believe we might be forming an accord. If Tyrik Mir has begun to walk a dark path, then it is our responsibility to stop him. We should not let him tarnish what we have fought for. I know for certain the key to our success rests within my memories. The more we learn about these Guardians, the closer we get to defeating them. With their technology at our disposal, we will be unstoppable. Very well, but I will reiterate. This process may do irreparable damage to you. I may be a genius, but there are limits to even my abilities. The trio returns to Harbinger's throne, and as the wires begin to reattach to them, Erailed begins to vigorously type. Hera, unsure of her role in this technological experiment, stands awkwardly at the door. Dear sister, you don't need to skulk by the door. 
You won't break anything in here. Excuse me for remembering a slightly younger but equally annoying scientist complaining about my crushing their equipment. This will be... unpleasant, Harbinger. We will begin within a five-second extraction. Operations exceed safety parameters. Safety override required. Harbinger once again finds themselves aboard an alien craft. The sound of battle echoes everywhere and is only interrupted by a scream from behind them. What are you waiting for? The purple-hued alien reaches out and grabs Harbinger's hand. It is at this moment that they realize they are not in the metallic form, but in organic form with blue skin. The two run hand-in-hand away from the explosions. You have to take the last escape pod. I'm the one they want. Do you think there's anywhere in the galaxy that I would be safer not by your side? The Guardians will hunt us forever. I would rather run with you than away from you. I know, and that's why I will always love you. The purple alien is pushed by two blue hands into a small escape pod. With a few deft keystrokes, the launching process begins. No, don't leave me. A blue hand covers the porthole, blocking the view of a tear-filled face. I promise, Seal Johnny, no matter how long it takes, I will fight. As the pod launches, Harbinger's view rotates, and they see five figures approaching, each in armor of a different color. It's over, Pan. There'll never be a criminal that escapes the guards. Harbinger falls forward, severing the connection. The nimble approach of Hera is the only thing that stops them from crashing to the floor. Uh, They took... Everything from me. These guardians are a scourge across the entire galaxy. We must crush them. What did you see? I saw that they are a relentless force that tried to kill me once before. I intend to return the favor. How do we destroy them? What do you have that can crush these vermin? We have the opportunity to kill two pterodons with one boulder. I have been monitoring this coronal radiation, and I believe I've found another source. This technology will help us not only defeat the Guardians, but it will increase the power of our future creations. While my dearest younger sibling has been following his intellectual whims, I have been perusing the media these beings consume, and I think I have found the perfect challenge for the Guardians. I have located a fearful creature of myth and warriors of the greatest tenacity. Together, they will be unstoppable. And what is this unstoppable creature called? Since my delightful sister has commissioned the creature to be cast from the myth of the ghostly banshee and the acrobatic fighters known as luchadors, we have dubbed it Slam Banshee. 
After a few deft keystrokes from E-Rail, a metal tube rotates and reveals a gray, featureless synthesoid. Small, metallic, insect-like creatures begin to fill the tube until they completely cover the figure. The insects begin to feverishly weave a metallic cocoon, and once complete, it begins to glow. The weave falls away and reveals Slam Banshee. Where there was once a featureless form, now stands a slender and muscular ashen body adorned with green shoulder pads, a tricolored mask of green, white and orange, green spandex pants, and orange boots. Shoulder-length white hair falls halfway down its bare back. Ooh, yeah! Slam Banshee came here for one reason. To attack and to keep on coming, not to ask, just to give, not to want, but to descend. How will this Slam Banshee draw out the Guardians? Once the Slam Banshee locates our energy source, it will begin to cause destruction on such a scale that these heroes will have no choice but to intervene. A single creature versus five guardians hardly seems challenging. Do we not have those infernal goobles that Tyrik Mir likes to use as cannon fodder? E-Rail produces a half-dozen small figurines five centimeters in height. The figurines are muddled green and gray in color and have elongated heads with pointed ears and arms that are twice as long as their legs. Each appendage is clawed. I have made modification to the Goobles. Their hive mind will study their attackers and with each encounter they will be more efficient. An advancement, I believe, will excite my lovely sister. It is the use of the radiation that caused Saint... The last synthesoid to evolve and grow. Previously, the Goobles were limited in size to only one meter, and now... E-Rail throws a single figurine, and as it strikes the ground, it begins to increase in size. In mere seconds, it has grown from five centimeters to almost two meters, and begins moving about the bridge in a quadrupedal fashion. Its gray-green complexion has changed to a brighter green, and feathers have sprouted from the forearms. Has your vanity, dear brother, led you to design the goobles to resemble yourself? Vanity is your vice, my beautiful sister. Harbinger, if you wouldn't mind activating this gooble. Taking the miniature from E-Railed, Harbinger studies it for a moment and then throws it to the floor. As it grows, its skin takes a metallic sheen and red highlights similar to Harbinger's circuitry appear. Interesting. Why did you wait until now to make these changes? Surely Tyrik Mir would have liked to have seen these advancements. Honestly, our glorious leader preferred his minions to be as simple as possible. He fears too much sentience could potentially become a problem. The thematic customization was just some... 
inspiration after studying the cultures of the surface dwellers. My dear brother, you never cease to amaze me. These improvements will sow the chaos we need to draw out these guardians. Benny, Jay, Gwen, Hanuel, and Scarlet make their way to Johnny D's food truck to sample his latest culinary creations, only to have their path blocked by Officer Hamill setting up police tape. A nonchalant Johnny D is being interviewed by Desdemona as Reginald mans a camera. This is Desdemona Sterling reporting from St. John Beach, where vandals have defaced a local food truck and thoroughly trashed one of my favorite hangout spots. I'm here with local curiosity, Johnny D, whose eatery has been covered with disgusting graffiti. How does it feel to have the only thing keeping you from a life of destitution and homelessness defaced like this? Whoa. Anyone ever tell you that you put off quite the serious negative vibage? You need to heed the words of my metaphysical Broheim from another time, Confucius. He liked to say, everything has beauty, but not everyone can see it. If beauty is in the eye of the beholder, then you need an optometrist. Graffiti isn't all just selfish tagging and mindless violence, my negative Chiquita. Street art is like any good work of fiction. It tells a story boldly and unapologetically. We just have to figure out the most optimal prism to view it. And what story is a bright red three-armed crab hanging from a monkey bar telling you? Look, far be it from me to speak for any crustacean, as shellfish are notoriously independent thinkers, but this crab seems to be vibing a deep, universal truth. Life is like playing on monkey bars. You have to let go if you ever want to move forward. And with that nonsensical and incoherent stoner logic, we're going to wrap it up here. For Channel 6 News, I'm Desdemona Sterling. That was great, Desi. Why wouldn't it be? Des? Are you an actual reporter? How did that happen? I know you've been busy with your social outcast outreach program, but it hurts that you haven't checked out my Angel Cities page. My footage of the giant furball attacking the school got on the local news. We got to go down to the KTDC studio, and Joe Chasm interviewed us. Whoa, way to rebels with Dragon Cove's number two weekend anchor. I'm sorry that you people are so jealous of me, but I can't help it that I'm popular and you're... You. So, some blurry footage of a monster attack and they give you a job. Yeah, they offered us the job after we attacked at the science fair last week. They know we have a knack for being where the stories are. Speaking of which, Benny, could you be a deer and help me with something? I'm afraid to ask, but how can I help you, Desi? Two things. One, we're not friends, so don't call me Desi. Two, you speak criminal, so what does all this graffiti mean? I'd love to be able to report a gang war or something. They'd probably put me on the evening news. Speak criminal? Do you think I'm some sort of uh, criminal hieroglyphologist? I, I think you mean criminal hieroglyphist? Uh, but regardless, I don't think there is any great mystery behind a three-armed crab in sunglasses. Three-armed crab? Show me. 
The group makes their way to the far side of Johnny D's food truck, where the proprietor is setting up a few small tables. Covering a large portion of the van's side door is a hastily spray-painted crab wearing sunglasses and hanging from its third arm from a monkey bar. Guys, gals, and my non-binary pals, it's going to take me a few before I'm ready to take any orders. Officer Hansen here is just a little thorough when it comes to fingerprinting. I, uh, um, gotta go. What's the matter? You look like you've seen a ghost. Oh, man, I just forgot. I promised my mom that I would make dinner tonight, so, uh, I need to get home. I got him. I have some clothes in my trunk that I need to drop off at my church anyway, and that's by Benny's house. Benny sits stone-faced as Hanuel nimbly pilots his car through the Saturday afternoon traffic. The small sports car slides around a slow-moving RV before the pair find themselves at a red light. I just realized something. This is the first time we've ever hung out. Just the two of us. Don't you find that weird? We've been fighting monsters for over a month and we haven't even hung out? I apologize for not being a better friend. You know you could just call your mom. What are you talking about? We might be new friends, but I know you well enough to know that forgetting to make dinner is not going to give you the dead serious look you've been rocking for the last five blocks. Forget about it, it's fine. I don't want to waste your time looking for a payphone. I'd rather just go straight home. Just use the phone in the car. Your car has a phone? How rich are you? I'm not swimming in a money bin, but my family's doing okay. Just call your mom. I got plenty of minutes and I haven't even used them this month. Whatever you're selling, I don't want it. If I owe you money, get in line. Mom, it's Benny. Listen, has anyone come to the house looking for me? Why? What did you do? I haven't done anything. It's just that I think Jason might come by. Jason? When did that little criminal get out of juvie? Why would you invite him over to our house? You know I have forbidden you from even talking to him. Mom, calm down. I haven't seen him. I just saw something and- Damn it, Benjamin. I will not go through this again with you. We have worked too hard to get you back into school and on the right path. Mom, just listen! Do you not remember what the judge said? You mess up again, you'll be in juvie until you're 18. Do you really think that I would mess all this up? You never have any faith in me! You don't exactly have the best track record. I swear, I don't know what else I can do for you. I've seen this all before, and I... I won't have you ending up like your dad. Why? He was good enough for you to marry? What does that say about you? Benny angrily slams the phone back onto the receiver. Why the hell won't she trust me? Parents will always see us for how we were. It's hard for them to let go of those memories, good or bad. Give her some time. She'll see the good guy you are now. She'll never get over what happened between me and Jason. So, who's this Jason? Just someone I used to hang out with. I have to find him. Can you drop me off at the next bus stop? Bus stop? I'll take you. 
You probably don't want to go where I need to. It's not the nicest of neighborhoods. What part of friend don't you get? Hanuel Yasao is no fair-weather friend. Where you go, I go. Quinn and Scarlet stand in the backyard of Jay's home. Each wears a small gray vest with two red glass-like discs on them. The two teens face a gnarled and ashen tree that stands in the corner of the yard opposite a large trampoline. You ever wonder how Jay became Jay? I used to think Hanuel was too smart, but Jay blows all of us out of the water. I still think they were experimented on by aliens. That's probably what happened to this tree. There's no other explanation for a teenager being as smart as they are. Seriously, though, their parents are super nice, but they're as normal as we are. I always thought people took after their parents in some way. I'm a lot like my mom. It's why I chose Gwen for my name. It's her middle name. That's really cool. I appreciate you sharing that with me. I know we're not the closest of friends. That's how bonds are formed. So how about you? Who are you most like? Oh, uh, I don't know. My parents are a little flaky, so I guess I get that from them. I kind of look at them as an example of how not to be, if you catch my drift. The awkward silence is broken by the opening of the Terra household back door and the approaching Mrs. Terra. The happy homemaker is carrying a small tray with three beverages on it and a smile on her face. I'll be making hot dogs for lunch. How many would you like? That's okay. We don't want to be a bother. Oh, no bother at all. Jellybean whipped up this little steamer thingy that makes them in minutes. You would swear you were at a ball game. In that case, sure. I'll have a couple. I'm good. I'm not the biggest fan of processed meats. You sound like my George. If I can find it on the animal, I don't want it on my plate. Well, I've got some tofu dogs. Or I could whip you up a salad if you like. Really, it's okay. Scarlet, you are having lunch with us. I am not letting any of Jellybean's friends skip a meal. You've all been such a blessing for them. I know they can be a little different, but it's so wonderful that they've found all of you. They used to just spend all day and all night tinkering away in their lab, but now you've got them out, you've got them exercising, and even part of the study group. It's really not that big a deal. Jay's pretty fun to hang out with. You're like the sibling I never knew I wanted. Mrs. Tara beams at the two young superheroes in her backyard. Her typically pleasant smile turns into a huge grin. Oh, you are all welcome here. Anytime. So, what is the story with the tree? Doesn't look like a lightning strike. Word of advice, if your genius five-year-old child offers to fix your vacuum, just take it to a repair shop. And to be fair, I did improve the suction of the vacuum like tenfold before it burst into flames. The Green Guardian approaches the group with a duffel bag over their shoulder and carrying four oversized shoe boxes. Jay, I never pegged you for a pyromaniac. How metal of you. Jellybean, just let me know whenever you're done with uh, whatever it is that you're planning on doing, okay? I don't want the hot dogs getting cold. Will do, Mom! 
And where's the fire extinguisher? The probability of a fire is non-existent. I promise. That's what you've said the last three times, Jellybean. And then the fire department shows up. I promise we'll be careful. My mom wouldn't be happy if I came home singed. The elder Tara returns to the house, leaving the three teens alone in the backyard, while the younger Tara removes a duffel bag from their shoulder and hands out blasters to their compatriots to complete their laser tag ensembles. They also hold an overly complex remote control in their hands. A mischievous smile crawls upon their face. What's with the grin? Are you secretly a laser tag champion? Of all the wild theories I've had about Jay, laser tag champion definitely was not on the list. Oh, I received an email from a message board I'm part of. Someone was designing a new game and needed some advice. Apparently, my ideas were extremely helpful. Wait, you have theories about me? Don't get too excited I have theories on all of you. We can unpack that later. How is playing laser tag supposed to help me with my water sword? Oh, it's really quite simple. Serotonin seems to be involved in the process and not to be overly critical or judgmental. You seem to have issues channeling serotonin-rich moments. I have fun. Winning is fun. Winning is fun, sure. But winning's not always the point. (laughs) Every fight we've been in, I guarantee we've all wanted to win just as much as you. The difference is, we can also enjoy the moment. Exactly! That's why I devised our current activity. We're not going to worry about winning or losing. We're just going to try to survive. Jay flips a switch on the remote, and the four lids pop off the oversized shoeboxes. Flying out of the boxes are four remote control helicopters, each mounted with a modified laser pointer on the bottom. One turns and emits a beam towards Gwen. Ow! What the heck? When you don't have friends growing up, you have got to get creative. (laughs) These drones will keep zapping us until they're hit three times each. The zaps will get progressively more intense. How intense? I never really tested the upper limits. Eh, hopefully we won't need to find out. (laughs) But my dad did find me unconscious once. I'd suggest scattering, moving in a serpentine fashion. Hanuel's sports car idles quietly in a desolate parking lot on the Dragon Cove waterfront. Benny exits the vehicle, and Hanuel follows before Benny abruptly turns around. Dude, you need to stay here. I appreciate you having my back, but Jason is going to expect me to be by myself. I always knew you were ashamed of me. (laughs) I'll wait here. Benny strolls away from the car until he disappears around the corner of a small dilapidated building. Faded and chipped paint has been replaced with a wide variety of graffiti. Benny pauses to pass his hand over a similar three-armed crab that was seen on the side of the food truck. I think this was the last thing we tagged before I got busted. 
I knew you would remember. A lanky teen with close-cropped hair approaches Benny with a welcoming smile on his face. What do you want, Jason? Whoa, what's with the attitude? You still mad that I wouldn't date you? It's not my fault I'm not into dudes. Are you still mad that I ended up dating your sister instead? <laughs> not as mad as my dad was. I can't get the image of him in his tiny whiteies chasing you out of the house with a golf club out of my head. <laughs> he was deceptively quick for someone his size. So what do you want? You left our old tag, so I assume it's important. A buddy can't just check in with an old friend. How long have you been out? If you would have visited me, you would know. My P.O. wouldn't let me. I had to stay out of trouble and away from all our friends. Is that why you made all your new food truck friends? What are you talking about? Your new little group. You guys eat at the food truck almost every day. Why do you think I tagged it? Do they know the real you? Or are you still pretending to be a Boy Scout? They know enough. That's what I thought. You still know how to hotwire a car? That's not really something you forget. Why? I'm calling in my chip. You owe me. And I need your help. I'm tired of Dragon Cove and want to get out of here. I've got the perfect job set up. When we're done, we're both going to be set up for a while. Stealing a car isn't going to get you that much cash. <laughs> Who said we're just going to steal one? The dealership in town is shipping out some of last year's models to a used car place in Angel Grove this weekend. We're going to take the truck tomorrow night. That's a six-figure payday for each of us. Can you imagine what we could do with that money? How are we going to sell eight stolen cars? You let me worry about that. You just need to help me get that truck out of Dragon Cove. After that, you can decide what you want. We could finally go live the life we always talked about. I could pay off my mom's condo. Or put money aside for Carter to go to college. You put one of these jobs a year, and you can do all of that, and we can live like kings wherever we want. I don't know. This is bigger than anything we ever pulled before. Look at it this way. I gave up three years of my life for you. All I'm asking for is one night of yours. A somber and serious Benny makes a long, slow walk back to Hanuel's car. He turns back to watch Jason disappear around the corner, and with a heavy sigh, he opens the door. So, everything okay? What do you want? Yeah, he just wanted to catch up and ask a favor. I guess it's more like a job offer. That doesn't sound too bad. What's the job? Is there any way I and the others can help? Trust me, you all don't want any part of this. What did he ask you? It doesn't matter. I owe him. Are you kidding me? Anyone who's that manipulative isn't worth whatever drama they're bringing your way. <laughs> You have no idea what you're talking about. I used to beat up guys like you every day after school. I would take whatever they had on them. Money, watches, whatever. Does that make me the bad guy? How else was a 14-year-old supposed to make sure there's food in the fridge for his family? My mom 
barely made enough to keep the lights on and keep us in our crappy little condo. Jason and I had a great system. We looked out for each other and made sure we never got caught. Until one day we did. Jason took the rap for everything. Because he knew that my brother and my mother needed me. I owe him everything. Without him, I would have been in juvie. I never would have gotten this ring and I wouldn't be here with you. I hear what you're saying. I know we've come from different worlds, but I don't think it's as different as you think. Oh yeah? Tell me, what did you do for your birthday last year? We rented out the pier and had a small dinner. Nothing special. Nothing special, huh? It seemed like a lot of fun. The decorations looked amazing. Were you there? I don't remember seeing you. I wasn't officially there. After it was over, Scarlett and I came by and convinced the catering crew to let us take home the leftovers, if we helped them clean. We lived off that food for almost a week. You've got great taste, by the way. I didn't realize we wasted so much food and- Don't. This isn't me blaming you or accusing you of anything. I just want you to understand that we live in different worlds. You and Gwen have your world. Scarlet and I have ours. And I honestly don't know where Jay is from. <laughs> so what am I supposed to do? Stand by and let my friend make a bad choice? Because in my world, that doesn't fly. It doesn't fly in my world either. But I think you and I have different definitions of good and bad. After I help him with whatever this scheme of his is, we're going to be even. I won't have this guilt around my neck anymore. I'm not going to let him do anything that's going to hurt anyone. You have to know that. I know you wouldn't let anyone get hurt, Benny. You don't have to do a bad thing to help someone. We could find a way of helping him with whatever he needs without having to break the law. <sighs> All right. I'll talk to him and see if there's any other option. But then you have to trust me enough that if I say there isn't any other way, then there isn't. The following day finds Gwen, Jay, Scarlett, and Hanuel hard at work repairing the damage done to Johnny D's food truck. Gwen and Jay are repairing damaged chairs, while Scarlett and Hanuel finish repainting tables covered with vulgar graffiti. As the duo pauses to examine their work, they look up to see Reginald approaching. You nerds can't even paint a chair right. You have to go with the green. Is critiquing our work the only reason you're here? Because if so... Wow, sick burn, you sure told us. Ugh. We've got another dozen chairs to fix, so if you're not here to help, we're going to kindly ask you to go. Where are the brushes? Excuse me? Why would you want to help? I'm not going to let my favorite food truck look like some drunk toddlers painted it. If I had a hundred guesses, I still wouldn't have guessed that that would be your answer. Do you guys want help or not? Help is always appreciated. But, you have to admit, this isn't typical. I applaud the step toward decency, though. I just 
thought you and Desdemona just hated everybody. Nah, we just like to bust your freaky group's chops. After eating that tiny organic stuff my mom makes every day, I need some real food. And Johnny D makes the best stuff I've ever tasted. So the hate's just for fun? That's a whole special level of disturbing. We never would have interacted if you wouldn't have come at us. What's your end game? End game? <laughs> Do you think this is a movie or something? We're rich, bored, and you're inconsequential. We were never going to be friends, so you might as well be entertainment. <laughs> Do you all seriously have knockoff pager watches? <laughs> Look at those ridiculous colors. Everyone knows the only official model is black. That's so sad for you. <laughs> I can't wait to tell Desi. The four guardians move away from Reginald and find an isolated spot to reconvene. The discs on each of their communicators blinks to the rhythm of the tone. Gwen taps her communicator and speaks in a hushed tone. What's up, Benny? Are you okay? Guardian level threat identified. We have a 1035 at Olympia Designs. We need backup. One of those monsters is tearing up the place. Uh, why are we getting police calls on our bracelets? Oh, Gaia must have some sort of threat detection algorithm that monitors for events that would require our specific set of skills. That is so cool. Did it say Olympia Designs? Because that's clear across town. Even if we get every green light, it's still going to take about 20 minutes to get there. That doesn't matter. We have to get moving. The quartet abandons their painting supplies and quickly move towards Han Nuel's car. Gwen activates her communicator without breaking stride. Benny, can you meet us there? Benny? Where is he? He's meeting with that friend of his. Friend? Which friend? Some guy named Jason. Jason? Are you kidding me? Why would you let him hang out alone with him? He promised he wouldn't do anything stupid. Everything Jason does is stupid. We have to go get him. No, we have to deal with the monster first. We're going to have to trust Benny to make smart choices for now. Oh, I took the liberty and mapped out the most efficient route on your PDA, Hanwell. When you become a pickpocket. I'm not really a pickpocket in, like, the artful dodger sense, but more of a, an amateur practitioner of up-close magic, you know? I don't know what to do with this information, but it does not surprise me. Let's get going. That monster isn't going to stop itself. Transversal pathway charted. Ley line. Connection open. Complete connection. Uh, excuse me, what's a transversal pathway? Instantaneous transportation via the planet's energy currents. Is this transportation safe? Is anything about our lives safe anymore? <laughs> Gaia, make the connection. People need us, and they need us now. In front of the teens, an oval-shaped portal rises out of the ground. Swirling black energies move about the surface, and the odd crackle of electrical discharge can be heard. Benny's gonna be so pissed that he missed this. Let's get going before anyone notices. Benny and Jason kneel in a pair of overgrown bushes and watch as workers lock down the last car to the transport truck. The workers secure the yard, and soon the two teens find themselves alone. 
Gotta love capitalism. They have to move out these cars every year and make room for the latest models. Let's get this over with. Guardian level threat identified. We have a 1035 at Olympia Designs. We need backup. One of those monsters is tearing up the place. What the heck was that? Huh? Oh, it's, um, uh, p a police scanner. I wanted to make sure they weren't going to surprise us. That's actually a good idea. Transversal pathway charted. Leyline connection open. Complete connection. That doesn't sound like a police call. Oh, you know what? You know what? My friend Jay made this for me, and they probably crossed some wires and I'm getting some random radio feed or something. No! No! Don't complete the connection! The two teens pull their hoods tight over their heads and make their way towards the car lot. After effortlessly scaling a chain-link fence, the duo make their way to the truck. Benny pulls a small toolkit from his pocket and begins working on the truck's door. Can you get that gate unlocked? I'd rather not drive our truck through it. I'm on it. Hey, what are you two doing? Oh, crap. Stepping from around the back of the truck is an elderly security guard. Holding a small gun in his hand, he cautiously approaches Benny. Listen here, son. You're about to get into some trouble. It's up to you how bad it is. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, just wait. This isn't what it looks like. Looks like you're breaking into that truck. Okay, so it is what it looks like. You see, my dad is the driver. And I thought it would be funny to move his truck to the other side of the yard. That way, when he shows up tomorrow and... Jason, what are you doing? He'll be fine. Did you want to go to jail? Hurry up with the truck. We need to get moving now. Slam Banshee's sonic scream shatters the windows on the first three floors of Olympia Designs, and a panicked crowd has shards of glass rain down upon them. The Guardian's pulsating blue portal rises from the ground, and the quartet of teams step up. Does anyone see it? Do we even know what we're looking for? The call just said monster. Are we guessing big and ugly like the last three? I'd assume. Swimming upstream through the mob is probably our best guess. The young heroes begin to push through the crowd. Jay stops a young scientist in a white coat who is stumbling away from the chaos. Uh, excuse me. What's going on? Where do you think you're going? That thing just showed up, demanded our experimental isotope, and when we refused, it screamed and demolished half of the building. Ooh, could you describe the sonic attack? <laughs> The front doors to the building are blown out, and striding from the wreckage is Slam Banshee, carrying a long cylinder. Standing two and a half meters tall, the tricolored figure towers over the fleeing civilians. Dragon Cove police officers rush towards the monster and are immediately sent flying by another sonic scream. The overmatched officers slam into parked cars and slowly crawl for cover. Guardians! 
Come on and face the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. Yeah. Is he for real? He's calling us out. Let's shut this guy up hard. The teens move quickly to an isolated area of the lot behind two large storage containers. Should we try calling Benny again? Our odds of success would greatly improve with a full team. If he's with Jason, he's probably doing something stupid. Come on. He'll be here any minute. He wouldn't let us down. You have no idea the type of sway Jason has on him. It's like a bad movie with a little devil sitting on one shoulder and an angel on the other. But the goddamn devil is twice the size and his angel is on vacation. Benny made his choice. We can discuss priorities later. But these people need our help now. Guardians, engage! Storm Sentinel. Druidic Defender. Nova Knight. Hydro Hoplite. The Guardians leap over the storage containers and rush towards their foe. You want to go after Slam Vinci? You think you're ready for war? You're going to get the masked monster throws out a dozen miniature goobles. As they activate, they grow into multicolored smaller versions of Slam Banshee. Each gooble moves about in an aggressive knuckle walk, slamming their clawed hands on the ground and angrily grunting. Oh, that's new. Are you ready for a world of pain? I can't wait to hear you cry. Whoa, you just start out on 11, don't you? Being that negative and aggressive all the time cannot be good for you. Have you ever thought about taking up yoga? Are you seriously trying to counsel the monster? To be fair, we have been dealing with monsters in like the classical sense. This one seems to be more humanoid and extremely more articulate. I, for one, would not be against a non-violent solution to our current problem. After I am done rearranging your faces, your nose isn't gonna be here anymore. It's gonna be over here right by your arm, and I say arm because you're only gonna have one left. I am gonna rip your dirty, stinking armor off and see what you're really made of. Here we go, attack! It's a fan of nonviolence. A dozen monster luchadors launch themselves at the Guardians. The heroes try in vain to strike the somersaulting and flipping fighters. I can't go on the solid blow, they're too quick. Let's break out our weapons. Lightning! No, we've been over this. We still haven't figured out how to recharge the suits, so we need to use them sparingly. This seems like a good time to use them. Dying at the hands of a luchador is not how I want to go out. No, we have to conserve energy. Just going off the figure from our sparring sessions, this fight could cost us, uh, let me see, uh, factoring in our usual combat efficacy, adjusting for our missing teammate, and the unknown variable of how difficult this slam banshee is, uh, oh, like roughly 10 to 20% of our energy reserves. Ugh. Fine, we'll do this the hard way. The Black Guardian launches herself into a gathering of goobles, knocking them to the ground. After a brief struggle, Nova Knight is able to rip a purple mask from the face of her combatant, 
the maskless Google clutches its face and begins to shrink. The Google continues to shrink until it dissolves into nothingness. How did you know how to do that? Am I the only one who watches IPW Midnight Wrestling Madness? Luchadors can't have their mask removed. That means they have to retire or change the gimmick. I respect the commitment to authenticity, but why would someone put that design flaw in on purpose? If we ever meet the Monster Maker, you can ask him. Jason kneels next to the unconscious security guard and quickly binds him with zip ties he pulls from his pocket. Why aren't you done yet? We're working on a tight clock tonight. What the hell, man? You said we were stealing cars, not assaulting the elderly. Why do you have zip ties? Please tell me it's not because you knew this would happen. Of course I knew this would happen. I didn't tell you because you would have gotten weird about hurting people lately. Who cares if Tubbo wakes up with a headache? We've got our ticket to the promised land right in front of us. I'm out. What do you mean you're out? Are you seriously going to tell me you'd rather stay here and be nothing? Because that's what we'll be if we stay. Be working at some gas station or flipping burgers for the rest of our lives. It doesn't have to be that way. You know what? I can't believe my friends need me. And I chose to be here with you. Those new friends of yours have got you so twisted around. How do you not see it? You're not like them. They all have tickets out of here. You and me, unless we stack the deck, we will never win. This is our ticket to the lives we deserve. Right here, right now. For once, Jason, you're right. I'm not as good as my friends. I know I'm not as smart as Jay, not as compassionate as Hanuel, or as driven as Gwen. And I'm definitely not as amazing as Scarlet. But I'm not as bad as you are. And that's something. And that means I've changed. And I refuse to move backwards. I fought too hard and came too far to throw it all away for an easy solution. Could my family use that money? Of course. But the cost is more than I'm willing to pay. Benny! Come on! Benny turns and runs from his friend and disappears behind the car dealership's body shop. Taking a quick look around, he raises his communicator. Gaia, will that pathway take me to my friends? Confirmed. Guardians are engaged in combat. The portal will open adjacent to the battlefield. Open the pathway! Guardians, engage! Fire Paladin! Jason turns the corner a moment after the portal has dropped below the surface. In front of him is a wide open lot. Where did he go? Great job, Defender! Those sparring sessions are really paying off. Thanks! These monsters aren't too tough. The blue and green guardians are knocked back by the powerful scream of the monster luchador. Scrambling to their feet, they are joined by the rest of their team. Slam Banshee and a half dozen goobles stand menacingly before them. Every being's heart 
one day beats its final beat, they breathe their last breath. And if that they did in their life makes the blood pulse through the body of others and makes them bleed deeper in something larger than life, then their essence, their spirit, will be immortalized. So guardians, after I curse you, will you be immortal or will you be forgotten? I think I like it better when they just growl at us. Are we ready to readdress the no weapons policy? FLAME HAMMER! Leaping from an overturned van, the Pyre Paladin calls forth his elemental weapon and slams the burning warhammer into the ground. Erupting flames knock back Slam Banshee and topples the remaining Goobles. I can't believe you all started the party without me. Apparently, Paladin didn't get the memo about conserving energy. Win Chakrams! <laughs> Alright, Earth Shield! Lightning Lance! Aqua Blade! The Guardians renew their attack aided by their elemental weapons. Hanuel flings his chakrams, striking a gooble in the knees. As the monster collapses, the pink guardian quickly removes the mask and summons back his chakrams. I didn't think a little breeze would knock you over. A bolt of lightning solidifies in Nova Knight's hand as she swings it down on the head of a luchador. Spinning the monster around by slamming its shoulder with her weapon, she easily removes the mask with a flick of her lance. Jay parries blow after blow from a pair of gooba luchadors, slowly giving ground. A little hope! I've got you! Hydro Hoplite rushes towards the monsters attacking the druidic defender and raises her liquid sword to strike them down. The blade loses shape as she brings it down. Come on! Oh, this shouldn't be so hard! You got this! Oh, remember the serotonin! What? I'm not like you guys. I can't find the fun when my friend might get hurt. You're fighting goblin luchadors in magic armor. Didn't you ever play make-believe as a kid? Little Gwen would love this. Not Little Gwen. The Blue Guardian's blade reforms, allowing her to quickly dispatch the minions with a flurry of blows and removal of their masks. Lady Gwyn of the Round Table, protector of Camelot. Oh, that was stupendous! I knew you had it in here. Slam Banshee flips nimbly over Hanuel's chakrams and slides under a massive swing of Benny's Warhammer. The tricolored wrestler spins around and launches himself at the two young heroes. That's a cloverly clothesline! Benny and Hanuel are flipped head over feet and slam roughly to the floor. Looks like you're having a shame rockin' good damn night. Oh! That pun hurt more than the clothesline. Ugh, speak for yourself. The monster begins cartwheeling towards the remaining three guardians. The turns begin to increase in speed, and streaks of rainbow energy begin to emanate from its feet. I can't believe it! Slam's going to the rainbow roundhouse! <laughs> Who is saying that? It is a little unnerving. 
Slam Banshee springs out of the cartwheel and launches into a full roundhouse kick. A multicolored wave of force propels Jade, Scarlet, and Gwen into the air. The trio slam into the ground near Benny and Hanua. Anybody have a plan? The more we hit this thing, the stronger it gets. The plan was for all five of us to work together and not do God knows what with our criminal friends. Calm down, Nova Knight. Fire Paladin is here now. He can't undo his choices. No, she's right. I chose Jason over all of you, and I was wrong. The friendship we all have is so much more than what I had with Jason. I can see he was just keeping me down with him, but you all pushed me to be better. We can do anything if we work together. Together! That's it! We combine our weapons! What are you talking about? I... I'm not sure, but I know our weapons combine. Oh, yeah, he's right, I can see it! My lance can split in two parts? Let's worry about the logistics later. Let's blast this freak. Moving without thought, the teens combine their weapons. Jay slams their shield into the ground, vines plunging into the soil. Scarlet separates her lance, and Hanuel takes the two circular chakrams and breaks them into four half-circles. Hanuel's pieces merge with Scarlet's as the lance halves jut out of the shield horizontal to the ground. Benny's warhammer and Gwen's sword combine to form a long barrel mounted at the apex of the shield. Standing at the center, Gwen places her ring to the newly constructed device while her flanking teammates do the same at each of the semicircles. Let's see what this baby can do. The individual weapons begin to pulse their guardian's colors before a beam of pure white erupts from the end of the aqua blade. Guardian energy levels at 65%. Whoa, that's a huge drop. Didn't we start this fight at almost full? That power move was insane! This job gets cooler every day. We are definitely getting pretty good at this. Do we know what Captain and Flippy Pants wanted? One of the scientists mentioned some sort of isotope, but they weren't really providing details as they were kind of, you know, like, fleeing for their lives. <laughs> Whatever it was, we stopped him. Slam Banshee was designed to defeat the Guardians in hand-to-hand -hand combat. We did not know they had an arsenal at their disposal. We cannot be blamed for failing when we weren't even given the full parameters of our task. You are the one with the knowledge of these beings, so the fault is on you, Harbinger. This endeavor was far from a waste of our time. We now know that the Guardians are capable of much more than we expected. With their power in our grasp, we can wrest control of the kingdom from Tyrik Mir and bring order to the service. If obtaining them is our goal, why not let me take them on? I have bested them in combat and I would have ended them if you had not ordered me to recover that faulty synthesoid. Do you think summoning weapons is all they can do? 
We must push them to reveal their full potential, and when they are confident in their abilities, crushing them will be so much more satisfying. We should not waste too much time on your petty revenge. Tyrik Mir grows stronger every cycle. Petty? You cannot grasp what they took from me. I will return the pain and torment in kind. If you are both done with pointless debating, I would like to point out that our remaining goobles have returned with the ice at open hand. We are one step closer to creating an unstoppable creature. See you in the morning, Scar. Where did you disappear to? Why are you here? What happened to the guard? He'll be fine. I can't believe you just left me there! The door swings open, and Benny's little brother, Carter, comes flying out. The eight-year-old runs up and hugs his older brother. Benny, you're home. Jason, where have you been? You've missed my last two birthday parties. Good to see you, Munchkin. Benjamin, where have you been? What is he doing here? Hey, Mrs. Humo. Get off my property. Mom, just give us a few minutes, please. You have two minutes, and then I'm calling the police. I see your mom hasn't changed. What do you want? I told you I was out. I'm not that guy anymore. Listen, I'm... I'm sorry. I shouldn't have just shown up here and tried to get you to go dive back into the deep end. Look, we can go and start somewhere new. I can't. I can't stay here! I, I don't want to go without you. This is what we talked about as kids! I'm not that kid anymore. This is who I am now. You go do your thing, and I'm going to do my thing here. Okay. Um, I'll call you when I, uh, when I get wherever I'm going. Don't. The two friends stare at each other for a moment before Jason turns and walks away. What did you do tonight? I was with my friends. You mean Jason, don't you? Why do you do this? Every time things start going good, you sabotage yourself. You can't keep doing this. I know. I was only That's what you always say. I'm sorry, Mom. You're right. I let Jason get in my head, and it was just like old times. I knew it was a bad idea, but all I could think about was helping you. The money could have paid for our condo. And paid for college. Who does that sound like? Who has always made bad choices for good reasons? Like Dad. I'm really sorry I said that on the phone. I know you are, and I'm really sorry that I snapped at you. I was scared you were going to slip up, and I lost it. That won't happen. You've changed these last few weeks, Benny. I don't know if it's your new friends or if you're just growing up, but I want you to know I'm proud of you. Can I have another slice now that Benny's home? Just one more, and then it's bath time. You got pizza? Uh, extra pineapples? You have to ask? 
What type of mom do you think I am? The best. You're the best mom ever. Teens with Titans is written and produced by Velvet Fiend Rabbit Productions. Our theme song, Thundersword, is written and produced by Ahmad Judah and Joe Chasm, with lyrics and vocals by Keisha Wallace. If you liked what you just heard, please head over to the podcast service of your choice and leave us a rating and a review. It truly helps more people find the show. Tubular Teens with Titans features the vocal talents of I'm Briar Zachary, and I play the Druidic Defender, Jay Terra. My name is Chris Van, and I play the Pyre Paladin, Benny Humo. I'm Tim Loika, and I play Storm Sentinel, Hanuel Yasuo. I'm Keisha Wallace, and I play the Hydro Hoplite, Gwyn Avalon. Sup, I'm Allegra Rodriguez Shivers, and I play the Nova Knight, also known as Scarlet Watts. I'm Shane Cochran, and I voice. Erailed. I'm JJ Jensen, and I play Hera. I'm Michael Waldschlager II, and I play Harbinger. I'm Noah, and I play Johnny Dakota. Kyle Gould as Reginald Thaddeus III. I'm PJ Argento, and I played the role of Jason. I'm Dustin, and I played the security guard. This is Will Gould, and I play Carter Humo. I'm Shane Patrick, and I play the narrator.